It is the holiday season, but are you filled with joy to the world or something else? Also, what is a situationship and how on earth did this word make it into the dictionary? We're going to talk about that and more today on The Carell Cast. Uncensored, unfiltered, unhinged. It's The Carell Cast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Crowcast. I am Carell. Happy Wednesday to you here the first week of December, Christmas less than three weeks away. Ah, uh, have yourself. That song is on my mind because, you know, that song, Have Yourself a, Ver- a Merry Little Christmas, was not a joyous Christmas song. In the movie Meet Me in St. Louis, where it's from uh, and where Judy Garland sings it so beautifully, Uh, You know, the war was going on and their father wasn't home and they were having to move. They were losing their home. Things were not great uh, for that song. You know, I mean, I know we hear it and we think, oh, it's a happy. No, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. And that's because there were troubles. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Meaning they were surrounded by troubles. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Because they knew they had to have gay friends to cheer them up. Just kidding. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. You know, they, they even changed the lyric. Uh, um, instead of hang a shining star upon the highest bow, that's not what the lyric was. And, and Judy Garland was like, we need to change that. <laughs> Although she sang it that way in the movie, on the record, she changed the lyric. Because the original lyric was, Uh, Have yourself a merry little Christmas. What is it? Oh, God, I'm forgetting it's uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Da-da-da-da-da. Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. That was the original lyric. Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. And they thought, that's a little depressing to release, so why don't we put, why not hang a shining star from the highest bough? But in the movie, she looked at the little girl and she says, you know, until then we'll have to muddle through somehow. Meaning they were muddling. Okay, things weren't great. And so this morning... I was on my morning walk with Ember at the park trying to keep her social distance because of the mysterious dog illness. And I was talking to my friend David Etheridge on the phone, as I do every morning. And I said, you know, I'm not really encouraged after watching France 24 this morning. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, David, you know, I know that every generation thinks that their problems are insurmountable, meaning Every generation has thought the world was going to end, perhaps, in their lifetime. My parents worried about nuclear war from Russia, the Cold War. So they lived under this threat that at any time of the day or night, their entire world could come crashing down with nuclear Armageddon. And they really worried about the end of the world as they knew it coming from, you know, Russia. 
and the generation before that and the generation before that, every generation. However, with this particular time in our history, it's actually happening. You know, this morning they were covering COP28, the climate crisis uh, conference going on that the UN holds. And there's already protests because it's in the UAE. And as I told you on Monday, the head of COP28, the president of it, is a sultan who is from an oil-producing nation and who even said that he doesn't think there's any science to say that if we stop burning fossil fuels, it would help that much. Well, uh, today, or yesterday, yesterday, Tuesday, at COP28, they basically said that they are not for recommending decrease of oil production and decrease of oil use. That they don't think that that's wise. They think it's more wise to try to make those technologies cleaner than to get rid of them. And of course, these are the Saudis. These are oil-producing nations that are taking part in this, and they're saying, nay, nay, let's not talk about cutting oil. We won't agree, because at the end of this thing, of this COP28, they're supposed to come up with an accord that all the countries say, okay, we're going to do this. Now, as you know, we did the Paris Accord, and not only have we not lived up to that, but we have ramped up oil production, and that's what they're talking about again this year at this COP28. And I thought to myself, fossil fuels are killing us. We know they are killing us and the planet. We know this. And yet they're talking about ramping it up. I'm like, we're ho there's no hope for us. There's no hope for this planet. The oceans are going to continue to warm and be decimated. We are going to continue to see all kinds of horror on our planet from climate change, and we're not going to do a fucking thing to stop it because the rich people that run the world, the oil-producing nations, they have decided that they want to keep making money no matter what. Let the earth and humanity and all the animals that live on it be damned. And it's the same thing with a vegan diet. Again today, another headline. Switching to a plant-based diet can show positive heart effects within eight weeks. We know the health benefits. We know the benefits to the planet. And we won't do it. What the hell is wrong with humankind? We will not do anything to save our own freaking lives. We're the frog in the water and the heat's being turned up and we're just going to sit there and boil. And I can't change it and you can't change it. That's the whole point now. You know what? We can do all we electric cars or become a vegan, all of that. But unless we get China and the oil producing nations, unless the United States makes a giant shift, since we drive the world's economy. Unless the United States says we're not importing or using any fossil fuel after 2030 because 2030 we're going to hit the 2.0 mark already. We're already going to hit the mark that's going to put us over the edge. And we're, we're well on the, on the track to hit 3.0. That's devastating. It's devastating for the planet. And it's going to be devastating. And in our, David said, well, you know, that's not going to happen in our lifetime, so why worry about it? That's not true. It 
is going to happen. I'd like to live into my 70s. It's going to happen in my lifetime. Parts of Florida will be uninhabitable. Coastal cities will be battling the rising oceans. There's going to be, which for me, I don't care, but I would like the oceans to be alive. However, the oceans are going to start dying off. This is going to this is going to continue to happen. It's already happening because we won't change. And I don't know why we won't. Do we not feel that we're worthy of living? Do we not do do we not feel that humanity is worth saving? I don't know why the rich are hell bent on destroying us. And that's who's destroying us. You know, in front of the Supreme Court yesterday, there was a case about a $15,000 bill of taxes that this couple didn't want to pay. If the Supreme Court sides with them, the wealth tax will go away and trillions of dollars will go out of our our budget and our economy because the rich, once again, are trying to protect themselves and their assets. Right, Miss Ember? They certainly are. And I wish that we would, all of us, put our own health and safety above our financial wants and needs. I wish we would put our own health and safety above what we think that we must eat, meat and dairy, when we really shouldn't be. I wish we'd put our own health and safety and the health and safety of the planet above things like automobiles and invest heavily in public transportation, but we won't. And knowing that we won't this holiday season, as I look around at families that are struggling so hard financially, You know, I myself am struggling. Are you struggling this holiday season? We're going to talk more about that. Are you sending out cards or is that too expensive? Are you getting gifts or is that too expensive? What are you doing this holiday season? Let's talk about that when we return. Don't go anywhere except to this city right behind me. Look at that. What a beautiful city. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. How many Christmas cards do you get every year? And how many Christmas cards do you send? Do you even send them? I was having this conversation with Steve yesterday. I, yesterday, uh, sent over to Walgreens my photo collage to be made into the Christmas cards that I'm going to be sending, including to you patrons if you get me your addresses. And I was told, and I have done some research, and it's a dying art, Christmas cards holiday cards in general. They're way, way down. Now, granted that even with 50% off, 60 cards is costing me $50. And then if you do another 50 cents to mail them, that's another 30. So we're looking at like $80, $90 to send out Christmas cards. And that's just to like 50, 60 people. And, you know, so the question becomes, are you even sending any? Are you just sending a box of 20 and that's it? Have you shortened the list? I'd love to hear from you down below. 
you know, has your list gone from 100 people to 50 to 30 to 20 to 10 to 5? Are you even doing Christmas cards? I love Christmas cards. I save Christmas cards. I love everything that people send me. I love it. But are you doing it? Or is it just an expensive Christmas that you're like, look, you know, Christmas is already too freaking expensive. Ixnay on the cards. What are you doing? Because I feel like a dinosaur. You know, no one I know is really dealing with Christmas cards. No one I know is, is really, they were already on special at Macy's half off on the Christmas cards. No one was buying them. How many presents are you giving out this year? Did you whittle the list down? Did you move some people over to the naughty list? Because today I was going through the last, you know, I got to get Steve something, Daniel something, my nephew Jake, his wife, Ari, uh, and and one more, five people that I still have to do something for. And I thought, God, that's going to be like three to $500. It's like, you don't have that. You're going to have to charge it. How many of you are cutting back on gifts, not giving gifts, or giving smaller gifts? You know, it used to be it was my budget was like a $50 to $100 a person. 200 if it was Jake or Heather. Now, you know, 50 to $75, 25 to $50. You know, it's like it's it's getting way... I want to send people groceries <laughs> or, or grocery gift cards since groceries are so expensive. I'm very excited. A Cardenas Market is opening today right here, right by me, right 100 feet away from me. Very exciting. That grocery store has been empty for over a year. And now it's going to be a Cardenas market. I'm so excited because they're cheap. They're cheaper for produce. But seriously, it wouldn't be wrong for Christmas, you know, to give a grocery card. I think people would appreciate that. And do you find yourself giving practical gifts for Christmas? Remember when Christmas was about stuff you wanted and it wasn't really practical? Some of it was practical. But for the most part, it was about stuff you wanted. You know, yeah, there was always a relative that gave you the socks and the underwear because that was once a year you stocked up on the socks and the underwear. Okay, yeah, I get that. Often they were stocking stuffers or whatever. But otherwise, it was like a PlayStation or, you know, a video game or a record player or a bicycle or, you know, as you were, once you became an adult, it was, you know, jewelry or fabulous clothing, you know, not everyday clothing or a trip or things like that. Now, I find that people are actually giving people necessities. Yes, some are electronic because people need to update their electronics. You know, I'd love a brand new iPad for Christmas, the brand new one, the big one too, the 12.9-inch big giant iPad. You know, I'd love a new uh, Mac Studio for Christmas, but that's four grand. You know, I'd love, there's a lot of things I'd love for Christmas. If I, if I had a husband... You know, there would be things on the list, and but there are things I need. You know, I need new computers. I need a new, you know, there are things that I need for the show. There are things that I need for next year to do, to produce things, to produce pilots and things, you know? And so that's on my Christmas list, stuff that I need. I want, you know, like I want the hue for behind the TV so it can change the lighting. I don't need that. That's something I don't need, uh, but I want See, that's a want versus a need. But how many of you at Christmas time are finding you're giving what people need? Or when someone asks you what you want, you're saying stuff that you actually need. Not stuff you just want, but stuff you actually need.
like, oh, I, you know, I, in my kitchen, I need, you know, a pressure cooker. I don't have one or I need, you know, whatever. And so I think holidays now are becoming more about need and less about want. You know, even on Black Friday, people were buying stuff that they needed. They weren't buying frivolous, you know, things. I think the era of frivolous is now reserved for the rich. Back in the day, remember when you got, you know, video games or you got this or you got that and toys to play with and, you know, adult toys to play with (laughs) of any kind. But you know what I'm saying? Nowadays, people are buying. What about you? A, are you sending Christmas cards? Are you? I don't care if you only have five people to send them to or just give them out to your neighbors. Are you doing Christmas cards at all? I am. Are you? And are you doing the custom ones with photos? Or are, are you one of the letter people at Christmas? Do you write letters and put them in your card at Christmas to catch everyone up on your year? Or do you even need to do that anymore because of social media? Remember letters you would get in the Christmas cards and it would catch you up on their year? Well, now they figure you're watching them on Facebook or Instagram or X or whatever. And so why, why include the letter? You know, what? You, didn't, you know, don't you follow me online? Are you doing digital Christmas cards? Those are so impersonal. I get them every year. You know, and I do them for some people that I don't really know, but I'd like them to know that I'm thinking of them over the holiday. You know, like acquaintances, that sort of thing. I'll send them a digital Christmas card. But an actual in your hand, and I know that afterwards people don't know what to do with them. Like, what do you do? I save them. I don't know why. I guess I'm hoping one day when I'm really, really old, I'll sit and you know, go through all the old Christmas cards. And there are crafters that do interesting things with leftover cards. But for the most part, you get them, you put them up at the holiday, and then what? You recycle them. So have they just, am I just old? Is this, like Christmas cards, are they just last century? Are they not, you know, am I just clinging on to a dying thing that, you know, maybe should die? I'd like to hear from you. Give me your comments down below or send me an email, comments at reallycorel.com. Are you doing Christmas cards this year? And do you like getting them? Or do you think, oh, God, now I got to, you know, display. Or when they come over, I got to put it out or whatever. I'm doing them. And then what about gifts? Are you giving any? Are you hoping to get any? And are you giving stuff that your your friends and family want? Or are you giving stuff that your friends and family need? You know, Christmas was never, well, for me it was because we were poor, but Christmas was never really about, like, need. It was about stuff that you've wanted, stuff you wanted to buy yourself, but, you know, you never did. The thing you looked at in the window every time you walked by but would never buy yourself. That's what Christmas used to be. And your friends and family would know that. Oh, yeah, they've been looking at this or they've been looking at that, but they haven't gotten it for themselves. Now? It's like, oh, they need underwear. They need socks. They need new clothes. They need, you know, new pans, pots and pans. I gave my friend David some pots and pans. They only had a couple when they moved. And so what? You know, they need those. It's a great gift, but, you know, they need them. And I'm not saying giving something that somebody needs is bad. They need it. They'll be grateful for it. I'm just saying that it seems to have changed over the years from stuff, frivolous stuff that we want Like, give me airline tickets. Give me, I'd like to go somewhere. Give me a hotel voucher. Oh, you've got three days at the Hilton of your choice. Yeah. You know that. Yes. Give me that. 
Let me get out, get on the road, get away. And what do you want? You know, what What do you, think about it. What do you actually want for Christmas? I can't have what I want. What I want is for us to get off fossil fuel and start acting like the planet's dying. What I want is for us to get rid of assault weapons in this country so people can stop being afraid to go out of being shot. I also want to lose weight. Now is not the time, right? So, are you doing cards? And if you're doing gifts, are you doing practical? Put your comments down below. Send me an email, comments at reallycorel.com. Let's chat about Christmas. And are you hopeful? Are you hopeful and happy this Christmas season? Are you filled with the joy? I'd very much like to hear from you. Put your stuff below, okay? If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily... You're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. Through the years, we all will be together. If the fates allow, until then we'll have to muddle through somehow. Oh, yeah. And have yourself. All right. Before we get to situationship and how that just sent me over the edge. I just I want to go off topic here since I've asked you to email me or put comments down below. There, you know, there are things in life that I don't talk about because I think I'm insane, uh, and I think if I bring them up, that you'll think I'm insane. Uh, but I, I, there's a couple things I just I, I want to ask. I want to ask if there, if it happens to you or if I am in fact insane. And let's start with glasses, okay? For those of you that wear glasses, like these. How many of you will clean the glasses, okay, you'll clean them, and then you'll set them down somewhere maybe at your bedside or whatever, but they're clean, and you wake up, and it looks like a rhino took a shit on them. How many of you clean your glasses, and then without touching them, without, you know, going out through a sandstorm or whatever, all of a sudden, they're filthy again? Who the hell keeps messing up my glasses? I live alone. They're not paw prints. Amber is certainly not picking them up. Is it the people that make each minute in the twilight zone and they put everything in place? Is it their fingers and grubby mitts? I do not grab my glasses. And right now they're filthy. I just cleaned them this morning. When I get home from my run, I clean my glasses because I leave them home for the run. And then I come home, I clean them for the day and I put them on. I did that this morning. And look, if you, you can't really see on the camera, but they're filthy. They have to be cleaned again. They were on the bar. Nobody touched them. Who the hell? What invisible force or invisible spirits 
find my glasses and make the and they get filthy, like filthy. I don't I barely ever leave the house. How do my glasses get so freaking filthy? But they do. It's like magic or something. Do you all notice this, you glass wearers? You'll clean your glasses, they'll be absolutely spotless, and then three hours later, without you touching them, without anything, they're filthy. There's fingerprints on them, but you didn't touch them. How many of you? Am I alone in this? Am I crazy? I mean, we know I'm crazy, but you know what I'm saying. Does it happen to you? Like right now, if I wear these, there's I can see they're dirty. Okay, I, I just cleaned them not more than 30 minutes ago. And yet they're already dirty. And then you wipe them with your shirt. How many do that? You grab your shirt, you wipe them. And then you put them up. And all you've done is smeared the dirt all over. So now they're still dirty, but at least they're uniformly dirty. <laughs> How about that? How many of you? And then the other thing. I believe, before we get to situationship, I believe there is a universal law of entanglement. Okay? I believe this with every ounce of fiber in me. I deal in a lot of cables, as you know, for the show. There's a lot of cables around here. And I am very meticulous about wrapping cables and twist ties for cables, little bags for cables, plastic bags. I put some cables in so they don't, all because I hate tangled cables. More importantly, I hate untangling cables. Hate it. But I am telling you right now, you can take one cable or two cables and set them on a chair or set them on the bar or set them somewhere. And they're not touching, they're not intertwined, whatever. When you come back, they're going to be in knots. I don't know what it is. If, if you take one cable and just set it on top of the other, okay, not tangling them up, not commingling them or whatever, come back in an hour, they're going to be all tangled up. Am I the only person that experiences this or do you experience this too? You carefully wrap a cable, you put it away, you like Christmas lights. Every year, I carefully wrap up my Christmas lights. I, I put them around my arm or whatever, and I do a twist tie, or I put them back on a spool, whatever it might be. I individually wrap them or put them individually in plastic bags. And the next year, no one's touched them for 364 days. The next year, you take out the lights, you go to unwrap them, and they are all tangled up as if Christmas elves got into your decorations over the, you know, non-Christmas season and said, oh, let's, let's fuck with them. Let's, let's tie these all up. Does it happen to you? You put the Christmas lights away. They're all wrapped up beautifully. Then that same box, you take it out 12 months later or 11 months later, and guess what? They're all a mess. What's that about? Who does this? Who dirties our glasses and tangles up our cords while we aren't looking? Because someone's doing it to me, and I'm not insane. All right. So every year, Webster's and Vocabulary.com and other websites, uh, they induct new words into the American English lexicon. And a lot of times, they're words that you use a lot. Sometimes they're words from social media. And these are words that weren't really words before. Or if they were, they were just accepted as slang. And now they're being upgraded to real words. So this year, I was going through some of the words that the Urban Dictionary and that Webster's Dictionary are going to be putting into the dictionary. And one of them really caught my eye. 
It was situationship. And I said, what the hell is a situationship? So the definition was a relationship that is casual and not really defined. Okay? And romantic, by the way, or sexual. A sexual or romantic relationship that is, does, is not boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, or they, them, they, them, whatever. It, it is a, a situationship. You know, to like, okay, there's so many of these things. Though. There's like friends with benefits, and there's friends with no benefits, and there's relationships. Now there's situationships. And when I saw situationship, I thought, ain't that some shit? Because what it said to me, now, as a gay man, I can tell you, I have had many an affair with a straight man. And you're saying, well, they weren't straight if they were having an affair with you. Yes, they were. They were one of these people. Well, actually, I've encountered a lot of them. So they were, they were a person that they were attracted to me or the relationship itself. And once they were out of a relationship with me, they just went to women, period. I've had that happen several times. I've had six-month, 12-month, several-year relationships with men that completely identify as heterosexual and are heterosexual because after the relationship with me, they just go to women, period, end of story. But there was something about me that they wanted to be with. I guess that's a situation. Do any of you know what a situation is? Are you in one? I am Carell. Be who you want to be. Slum didn't hurt anybody. Hey, it's Carell. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today. And remind you, there's a way to never miss a thing. And that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash really That's youtube.com forward slash really for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash really That's patreon.com forward slash really My website is really and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, really Corel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free Corelcast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free Corelcast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.